Hey everybody, welcome back to Pack Your Mics. We are the Top Chef Podcast from the creators of Read It and Weep, whose fruit work is a little dated. <laughs> we are here for Pack Your Mics. We are here for Top Chef Season 16, Episode 15, the final finale. And we have uh, we have the, the, the bulk of us, the, the most of us are here. We round up to being a full panel. We have at least quorum. Uh, joining me in Portland, I'm Alex. This is uh, Megan with me. Hello. Hi, Megan. Um, also joining us today in Northern California, it's Ezra and Sarah and perhaps Maya. Hello. Hello. Or uh, as we call them as a group, Ezetra. And that's uh, <laughs> not going to catch on. And then also in uh, Southern California, we have new Sarah and Kyle. Hi, Sasha Crab. This is the biggest podcast I'm going to record all season. <laughs> <laughs> of your life, actually. This is the... Most important podcast of our lives. And then also a very special guest uh, joining fr- joining us from Alabama, which is very far away. It's Chef Jim. It is a pleasure to be back on. I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about this episode. Man, uh, of all the ways this could have shaken out, I'm sure uh, there, are, there are topics you would have known less about than uh, this Alabama menu. So I'm very excited that we get you here as your expertise when we need it the most in this Southern showdown. Yeah, it's really great. You know, the, the food that Kelsey makes, a lot of her family stories about what she eats. I mean, we're from the exact same sub-region of the South, even, I would say. So everything, most, lots of her food history is just so, in line with So you've had well. cornbread with buttermilk eating it like cereal? Yes. And her exact story about how being introduced to that, watching her grandfather put buttermilk in a cup and then add the... Uh, add the cornbread to it is it, it, my exact memory of being introduced oh, to that as well. Man. That was I want to do that so bad. I like cereal a lot, and so I was open. I'm open to new cereal ideas. <laughs> yeah, I, I will warn you. Lots of people hate that, and when you start describing it, they're like, "What could that possibly be like?" But uh, I, I like it. It's, so it's on board. Taste. Oh, yeah. it's so on board. Um, well, so I want to start since this is the finale with just uh, I just want to go around the country, around the horn, and do a little bit of feels dump. Uh, because it is, uh, I, I feel like it was kind of a weird one. It was an up and down, uh, feeling. So let's start, uh, let's start in Northern California. Um, et cetera. How, how do you guys feel? I mean, I loved the episode. I loved the season. I loved the episode, but I was, I was upset with the kind of double elimination format. So upset. I loved the three of them so much and I kind of wanted them to have an equal shot, you know, and I really wanted to see his menu. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure that is, that is going to be, that's pretty common. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I blame the magical elves a little bit for that because like if they hadn't made the centerpiece of the preview for the finale be like Eric saying, I have this ambition, ambitious plan yeah. For a four course menu about the transatlantic slave trade, and everyone be like, "That sounds fascinating. I can't wait." Yeah. And then we only get one dish of it, <sighs> and it was the most it's clear bad. of the of the three. It was the only one where the menu had in like a, a soundbite arc that we could all like get excited about, and then to ha- it's the, so that's the one that got ripped away from us. It was yeah. And yeah. In, in retrospect, that makes sense, right? I, we we could have figured it out. I think that he would be the one to go because of that, since they didn't talk about the other two's full menus, only his. That's true. Man. But I didn't think of it. Oh, it was just... Uh, and we just talked last week about how respectful the season had been about not doing any, dub- any like, surprise uh, quickfire eliminations, and then just the and highest stakes. Was it really necessary where, where people were like, oh no, I could not possibly taste one other dish during this finale? 
Like, how could it? No, I mean, we've had three person finales before. Mm hmm. They haven't done it in a while, though. No, they uh, clearly it's fallen out of favor. Yeah, Jordan, uh, one of our listeners, Jordan, wrote in with a stat about that. Um, oh, seasons good. three through seven were three-person finales, and then they haven't had one since. Oh, interesting. So I wonder if they got like a, ne- a note from the network that was like, too many people can't keep track of it, too many chefs on my TV, do a two-person or we're done. Uh, yeah, Chef, Chef Jim, know. how do you feel about this? How did you? Were you angry like the rest of us? I know you must feel more acutely than anybody how that pressure would have been. Yeah, I really was hoping to see a full-on three-person finale. Uh, they could have just cut that whole first, like the the whole. It was almost like a quick fire where yeah. they had to go and they tasted that first dish. But you just got to feel really bad for Eric. He went and did oh, all God. the shopping. He has his menu yeah. plan. He's ready to go. Just and, let him cook. And if you're doing the way they were doing it, I feel like they had to do some of the the prep for the next day as well they were like at least I, I, maybe i'm wrong about that they did all the shopping okay. for the next day yeah no he, that was actually my my biggest stressor in this episode is i was like that food waste is insane yeah. like what are they doing with all those ingredients with all that other food that's a whole like 10 person dinner yeah. that's yeah. just like what are they doing with that then i was so stressed about that <laughs> I, I bet it ended up at the craft services table, which is a, a, a you know, a, a sad ending for what I'm sure was awesome food. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know yeah. how well that uh, the the craft services person was able to prepare all of his West African ingredients. <laughs> well, I like, I like the, the PAs are just like, wow, I actually really understand like the the, the slave trade through food now. <laughs> I wasn't expecting to, but this is incredible. Yeah, I mean, all the people working on the show have a really great understanding of it, and uh, that yeah, just like openly fun. weeping afterwards, yeah. you know. Oh, I didn't understand the the Caribbean and how that figured into it. It's so beautiful. <laughs> well, anyway, back to go filming the show. Uh, I didn't realize they did that with the ingredients, but that does help me a little bit, I guess, knowing that it's being fed to somebody. Yeah. Oh boy. So, did, what what else? What else did you guys feel about the episode overall? Um, Southern California. Were you were you pleased besides the sudden death? I mean, I loved all these chefs and I loved all their food and watching them work and telling those stories. So I was prepared to be delighted no matter what. I just was also heartbroken still that Eric got sent home and and we didn't get to see that beautiful menu. And it's hard to recover. It was hard to be excited. I was so heartbroken that to be like, and now more. It was just difficult. But it was still really in- enjoyable, I thought. I loved all of the like guest diners they had. I thought everyone's like yes. perspectives were really interesting and fun. Mm-hmm. And now we love Alexander. Alexander yeah, Smalls. He was great. I, I wish I had known any of the other ones because that feel like that would have been more impactful for a finale where it's like, oh, yes, this person who I've seen once before and now they're coming back. <laughs> like, let's suppose to, I don't know this person at all. They mean nothing to me. But the I, chef from the restaurant in the MGM Grand seemed cool. I liked him. Yes, that was nice. Yeah, he was fine. <laughs> I've seen him once before. Fun. He meant something to me. That's true. Mm-hmm. We did see him once before, so we had context. <laughs> chef, who did you find most exciting about that? Because uh, I assume you know them, the judges better than we did offhand. Uh, not really. I was really excited to see Alexander Smalls again, though. Yeah. Um, you know, he was on the Edna Lewis Challenge on Top Chef Charleston, so I've met him before. Oh. Uh, That's why he looked yeah, familiar. And, okay. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, felt like absolutely. that delightful laugh had been in my life once before, but I couldn't remember where. <laughs> in my dreams. Uh, yeah. Interesting fact about Alexander is he is also an opera singer. <gasps> oh, I can, I can, I believe it. Great <laughs> pipes on that guy. <laughs> um, so, and, and so, you, when you met him in in Charleston, uh, was he as delightful as he seemed? 
Uh, yes, definitely. He had amazing stories. I, it, it, it's been a while, but I'm pretty certain that he knew Edna Lewis. Uh, I'm, uh, and so he has this really cool connection with uh, a giant icon of the culinary industry. Oh, cool. I feel like we talked to you like around, about the Edna Lewis challenge, didn't we? Was that around when uh, we first maybe. met? I think. Yeah, probably so. Okay. Well, somebody who has trivia about us will have to write in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we could do a, even a quiz show about our podcast I would be bad at. Yeah. Um, well, just on the note of the guest judges. Yeah. Um, so they didn't, um, I, at Leprechaun on Twitter writes, did I miss something? Did they tell us who the guy with the Elton John glasses and the sequined shoes was? Um, was he Was he the Very briefly. Show? He had a I good look. <laughs> yeah, he looked, he was fun. So I went back and watched it. Uh-huh. Um, uh, and he, I, I don't think they ever put up his name, um, but did I you did. even put his name on the screen? I, I think don't they think they did. They ever, I think they did. Was he Alvin Leung? He was. Maybe he was. Yeah. So I, I looked him up. Okay. I, I must oh, have missed okay. it too. But I it, um, you know, when I went back, I was watching for it and yeah. I didn't see it. So, um, but uh, maybe it was earlier or something, or later. I don't know. Maybe it was later. I don't. Yeah, because they kind of don't do it all at once. You know, yeah. they do it as people talk. Um. Mm. So. Um, but yeah, his, his shoes were awesome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and and yes. then Graham was also wearing the sequence jacket. So yeah, was, Graham was, went, Graham went all out this episode. He was, he was well, he showcasing toast. Uh, he wants to, he's the ringmaster of that restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we, so, uh, let's see the other feelings. The, the other thing I wanted to get up top was just, I felt like the ending was super rushed. Did anybody else feel that way? No, I didn't feel a pacing. I felt like the from the end of the meal, judge's table was like six words long. They had almost no deliberation, and then it was announced, and then it was over. I felt like the last, like the the last little bit was so rushed. And I have a theory, which is because we spent forty minutes watching them dine at Aji. But uh, (laughs) it just it seemed like normally the decision, at least the judge's deliberation. Um, of the the two finalists takes a lot longer and we get more detail about their thinking but it seemed kind of brief the deliberation was pretty brief but i think that they had like very i I felt that it was kind of cut and dry based on how much they talked about each course during the actual meals i thought i I thought there's a very clear picture of what everyone thought based on how they discuss things after each course uh and I think they may have had a shorter deliberation because it was kind of self-evident. Oh man, that's so interesting. I did not feel that way at all. I thought Sarah was going to win until there, until like one final comment from Tom. Um, yeah, I I saw it as Sarah had the two best dishes, but she made a four-course meal with two pretty much like dud to OKs. Yeah. And Kelsey had three super strong dishes and one that was on par with Sarah's two like not great ones. Okay. Well, I want to I'll break I want to break these down a little bit more systematically, but let's go back to the uh the sudden death quick fire. So, uh Sarah and Kelsey and uh not today devil are uh uh Eric are hanging out in uh in Macau and they get to watch themselves on TV for the first time. Which I thought was an interesting twist. Because it seemed like, normally at this point, you wouldn't have gotten to watch much of how you come across on television, right? They got to see their, yeah, that's their ab- edit, which was neat. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I think that it's really 
because you really don't know how they're gonna how you're gonna be edited until you usually see it on the TV show. This gives them a, a nice little preview of yeah. what what's about to come. I really liked it. It seemed really sweet. Plus, it had those bonus like interviews with the judges where they said nice things yeah. about the contestants. Um, it was kind of like it was like oh I didn't realize I had a pretty good arc this season. Good, good for me. <laughs> yeah, um, they, they it, all got to see their arcs. It was great. Yeah, it was much less impactful for us, uh, I think, as viewers as it was from them. Yes. but I was okay with that. Where it's like yeah, I was like, guys, like I've seen this all before. Why is this? Why is this impression? It's like, oh right, they haven't. They don't. <laughs> yeah, you get to sympathize with them in that moment. Yeah, oh, right. I actually to- I was very in there with them. Like I got touched by that. Where it was like telling the story and seeing them react to it. Yeah, yeah, was really cool to see. And I also liked how it was like Kelsey's story about being a woman and a mother and a chef and a family and how much this means to her. And Eric talking about his background. And then like Sarah starts with her cracking a beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I also I also thought hers was a little bit less uh, feel goody, even though I love her. They kind of didn't warm hers up as much as the other two. She wasn't a- yeah. I've always I've empathized a lot with Sarah. I've seen a lot of like myself in her, so that did mm-hmm. warm my heart of just being like, oh, good. "This is capturing them." <laughs> you nice. feel like the uh, when you see your arc for this show, it's going to start with a beer. Yes, definitely. <laughs> I'd be the one that like between challenges is like, "Hey, we need to cool down by shotgun and some Taiwanese they did, beer." Wait, they did that. Uh, just uh, Sarah and Kelsey did where they they yeah. stabbed it with a knife. <laughs> that was really fun. <laughs> Um, I, I loved their their like I think just all the three of them and then the two of them bonding uh, was was so so great for me. I, I do want to say like I would love to see the the chef testant who like is like I'm not a I'm not like a mother or uh, you know or like a, a father or anything like that and this all means very little to me. Like I would love to have that where it's like I don't care much about it. I don't have a family. You know I could I could give her I could take it or leave the uh, this whole here. top chef. Yeah, you know, what it's whatever. I just I had a free week. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. The top prize seemed pretty good, and yeah. I was between between things. I'd finished my Netflix queue, so here I'd, I am. <laughs> I'd never seen I'd never seen Louisville, so I wanted to just check it out. Um, yeah. I did it to prove to myself that I could cook well. <laughs> I, I'd yeah. love that. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I would love a follow up uh, ten years or 20, 20 years from now, where they go back to all the people who have ever said, "I did this to prove to my kid that you can do anything you set your mind to," and then we check in with the kids and see how they feel about that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't care much. <laughs> well, if it's only ten years, a lot of those kids are going to be like thirteen, fourteen. So yeah, it's not the best that's a good in. time to figure out whether you could be anything you want to be, or if you're going to be, you know, give up and just, you know, be a slacker. Or if you're going to hate your parents no matter what they did for you in the past. Yes. I mean that one for sure. That one, <laughs> I did this so my kid will like me when they're thirteen. <laughs> Good luck. <Yeah. laughs> um, I I liked it especially because I liked the two of them got to watch their stories on those L-shaped televisions. It's just a, oh yeah, that was confusing, right? You such Where it's a like weird the, angle. Like it's like it's like one of you, two of you people will have a, a like just a, a an an edge in your arc, like a literal <laughs> edge. Yeah. Um. And then, oh, I want to talk more about the hanging out, actually, because the hanging out was great. Because the three of them just, we just got to watch them go on an adventure and order egg egg tarts and, and almost yeah. kiss. And it was just a, what a that fun time. Awesome. That was so sweet. I think. <laughs> I, 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 was, I, would, I would take that travel show of the three of them. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They were, I, I, it was just so, they were so stoked about the egg tarts. That's what I liked. Was everyone was like, oh, we we'll definitely have to try that. Those looked so good. They I looked so good. So Sarah and I had egg tarts last night. We mm. did. In their honor. Were they great? 
Uh, well, so our egg tarts were not like hot, so not as good probably, but they're really good. Even like even cold egg tarts are still good. I, I what else is going on in those? Because they looked beautiful, but I did not know. I mean, it's like it's you know, take take some take like a custard, and then you get like sort of like a kind of this crispy crispy flaky bakes, and it's like all just like a nice little bite. Um, and then yeah. you could theoretically flavor it anyway, or is it just custard flavored? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's basically yeah. It's like hey, here's like a a sweet. Uh, a sweet mini quiche, essentially. Whoa. Fun fact: We've also had egg tarts in Macau. Yes, we did that as well. Oh. Uh, they were those were better, I believe. Um, uh, oh, also, uh, if we're if we're the, the fun facts from before, um, yes. Uh, durian. When we had it, it really depended on how fresh the durian was in terms of like oh. how good it was. So, like the first time we had it, it was sort of like a kind of prepackaged, kind of like maybe like your equivalent of like getting it from Safeway, where it's like already like all wrapped up and like kind of like hold and stuff mm-hmm. and that one kind of tasted like just like butter and onions and we kind of oh. like um Ew. it wasn't great uh, and like we uh for like the next <laughs> no, eight but those hours are both you can have food. Like, at least other, other people compared to like garbage and feet so yeah, butter and no, onions no, actually it was, sounds it was just pretty like, tasty it was, yeah it was like uh it was melon that was just like sort of like you took out the melon flavor and just like you flavor it with butter onions um mm. and then it, you okay. burped it up yeah it just, and you just kind of like feel it yeah as you're burping <laughs> for the next eight hours basically um but the second time though it was just like fresh off the tree that like you know it was like kind of like hacked up and that was much more like a delicious melon that you're eating in a bathroom Uh, chef do you have an experience with durian yeah i'm i'm a fan of durian it's you are to me it it always tastes a lot better than it smells and if you can just get over that that's good and um (laughs) we uh it's hard to get over but we my wife loves uh durian ice cream and so we oftentimes have durian ice cream in our freezer and it is a lot better because you don't get any of that smell and it doesn't taste like onions and garlic it tastes like interesting melon ice cream mm. yeah. i'm super curious about it. i feel like for something that is so clearly uh dis displeasant uh, unpleasant to get through the fact that it still exists and we still try to eat it makes me think there's something to it <laughs> i want to persevere i want to try it oh and really good is a like you can get it in mochi ice cream form too which is really awesome oh mm. okay durian mochi is on my list now my bucket list it's a very it's mostly just snacks. Um, <laughs> I, I, I bet the majority of snacks. You, you can probably get it at any Asian market that you're used to going to. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to do it. I have a bucket of snacks. Um, <laughs> uh, so then they're going to do, after their fun hangout day, They are. Uh, uh, it's time to uh, choose your sous chefs, and then it's going to be the sudden death first course cook-off, uh, quick fire. Um, how did you guys feel when the sous uh, came out? So... Um, oh, we just shouted in delight at seeing Nini back. Yes. Mm-hmm. I was surprised at how many times the chefs came back this season. Because yeah. it basically seemed like everyone just was along all the way to Macau. Yeah. Which and I, so chef some, some people got rejected multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> is that common for people to get to travel as much, or does that seem unique to this season? I feel no. You're pretty much you're you're pretty much always there. Um, wherever Ooh. there, I mean, you, once you're eliminated, you don't go home. Yeah. Now there's usually a little bit of downtime between when the they wrap the regular episodes in the finale, and so they may not bring everybody. They may not bring everybody along to this to the next location at the same time. But it appears they did this time. Yeah, I felt huh. like there was maybe a larger number that was at the finale location, but I could be wrong. But that makes me wonder now. Uh, what is the atmosphere like in the whatever the eliminated chef quarters are? Because you've got a while to kill some time, and you're 
you're not working so what is it a are you just hanging out having a great time in whatever the location is Yes. In Mexico, for instance, we were at the Secrets Resort in Mexico, which is awesome. It was very nice. Yeah. And it was pretty much just hanging out at the pool and eating at the restaurants. And, you know, you show up for your five minutes <laughs> while, they're, while, they're, while they're choosing players and while they film the finale scene. That's, uh, yeah, that seems, like a, that seems like a lovely time. And it's, it does seem like Chef's Party, uh, especially when they're on vacation. Seems like a good group to hang out with. <laughs> Yeah, our group was definitely good, and we had to go. We got to go to like a, like a, like a Mayan uh, pyramid, and oh, we got yeah. to check out the city, which is things that you don't get to do if you're under lock and key in your hotel room. You know, eat like the, like with the chefs when they were in Macau, they will, or and when they're in Mexico or in any type of hotel, if you're still competing, they go through your hotel room before you get there, and they remove the TVs, they make sure there's no internet, oh. you obviously don't have your phone. And there's no landline either, so you're literally just in this hotel room, and, and you know, hopefully, it's nice. Yeah, it's a lot of a lot of overlap between like uh, like witness protection and Top Chef. It sounds like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, jury duty. Yeah, it sounds like jury duty to me. Uh, man, has, did anyone get to see the secrets uh, like ads at any point? Oh, they're so nuts! I was gonna I, ask about that. Was I love them so much. Hot like, is those ads? <laughs> yeah, it's because it, I mean, like, if we can recap for the people who haven't seen it, basically, yeah, like, please. like, it's usually like, like, uh, it's it's like two, I guess, like girlfriends, like asking us, like, so, how was the honeymoon? And it's like flashback to like, like, like very like soft core kind of like porn like uh, scene of like just like romance, and it feels like it's like the tagline is like secrets you will bang. <laughs> I really like the I really I really like the the Brooke secrets commercial. Do yeah, you yeah, see that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Less like that. Less like that. Oh man! No, I wish I had seen those. Now that's some good. Maybe that's Look just a California thing or southern half of the country thing. Wow, we're the only ones who saw those. Those were like yeah. in every episode. Yeah, of those really shaped my whole viewing experience of Top yeah. Chef. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you ever well, see the Brian Malarkey spots? Also, no, we didn't watch the ads. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff in there. <laughs> well, that's one uh, recommendation for the ads at on Top Chef. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we should uh, we should stop buying the episodes from non-ad platforms. Yes, I mean if you see it on the on the Bravo app like we did, uh, yeah, you'll get that. You'll get Zola.com. It's another big one for me. Oh, yeah. All of the housewives. Oh, so you were watching on the app. So the, those apps have like a usually have a narrower w- yeah, number probably, of ads. Yeah, like we, we must have like, like we must have been in the Target uh, demo for whatever Zola. And you and, saw it over and over and over again. Maybe 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 Bravo thinks that we're gonna get married soon. Let's Could do we? it. All right. <laughs> listen to Bravo. You guys, if you go to Secrets. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make a montage. Or, or, no, or, or yeah, alternatively, we will either become Top Chef. Uh, that could also be possible, right? right? And oh, yeah, hang out true. at the pool yeah. and party with our friends, which yeah. sounds like an yeah. amazing time. See a Mayan pyramid. Okay, great. <laughs> sounds all right. Um, all right. So now let's talk about the big sad. Or actually, no, let's talk. No, it's not, not, that, not quite. First, I just want to talk a little bit more about the Sioux. So I felt like... Uh, from the Sioux choices from Brandon and Nini, that was a really big uh, head start for Kelsey. Did it, did other people? Megan felt differently. She felt like you felt like a different team had the strongest Sioux. I mean, it's uh, hard thought, to say. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, go ahead, Megan. Oh, I didn't really have much to say. <laughs> did you, who did you pick when I asked you? Um, well, I I thought Justin and Michelle. Yeah. I uh, I thought they were a great team but i thought i thought they were all great teams i don't know i mean it, yeah yeah that, that was the point i was gonna make is i thought like they both had very strong pairs 
of people that cooked really well and did great food throughout the season. So mm-hmm. it wasn't something where I it she had the benefit of Nini and Brandon for knowing the like ingredients, but in mm-hmm. terms of like being talented chefs who could help like realize their vision, I didn't think there was like a market decline. No, teams. I don't think it was huge. I guess I just felt like uh, Brandon and Nini seemed like they would give the most helpful advice, and then they did end up working super super well together. So I d- I liked. I just had a good feeling about them, and then it totally it totally worked. Uh, Michelle turned out yeah. to be a really great addition if you listen to her thoughts on Lotus Chips. So I was actually uh, on, on that one, right? Uh, like I was feeling like Justin actually had a pretty bad record as a Sue, like going back through the season, where because I think he was like I remember he was like on uh, uh, I think he was like one of Nini's Sues uh, for like her um, uh, uh, Last Chance Kitchen, yeah. um, and. I think there's like a couple other like basically like times when he was like, oh, he's a really strong chef, but I I feel like he like got a couple like I don't know like foreboding like uh like lines in a couple times where it's like for the for the and the person he was shooting shooting for eventually lost. Like I feel like I remember this, but maybe Keeper of the Memories could like tell us or not because yeah, yeah. this is the last episode. So don't. yeah, it's the last. It's the finale, so there's no point in correcting us. But um, we'll just tell assume that's true. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think it. Ha- I think it did happen a couple of times that Justin gave some bad advice to whoever he was suing for. Like you would hear him say something, and then like they would immediately like cut to the judges saying like, "Oh no, that that was too much jerk." And you know, you just remember him five minutes ago saying, "Oh, oh just yeah. add, add more in there." You know, he was a great. He was the one saying always more jerk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they couldn't taste the beef. Yeah, I man, um, sh- chef, how would you have gone about if you were choosing two sues? What's your strategy for that? I think that, well, first of all, I think that Brandon and Nini were probably awesome choices, but I will say as a strategy, oftentimes if you're picking a Sue, it makes more sense to pick someone who's a Sue in real life, like, mm. like Eddie. Oh. Um, Eddie's not a Sue, but he, he, you know, he's taking orders every day from another chef. And right. so if you get somebody who, you know, is willing just to listen to what you say and then execute it, that's probably the, be- the best choice. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great point. Um. I did. I did really appreciate that Sarah took um, Eddie uh, and David. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, David. Pre- I appreciate her taking Eddie and David because I confess when I do see them next to each other, they don't look as similar as I thought. Yeah, they look very no, different. No, they never yeah, right? did. <laughs> interesting. This is good growth. This is big of you to admit We're this. Really on the last episode. This is a great season one arc. This will be in the clip show for when we when we play it. <laughs> I needed them to be on the same team to really see that because they don't look that similar. But when you only see one and then another one five minutes later, it starts they to They look like different men. Uh, it, starts to, it starts to work together. Oh, man. Uh, so let's talk about the big sad now. So we have this uh, sudden death quickfire for no reason uh, where they get to cook the first dish and uh, think way too much about their next three, even though one of them won't get to make them. Um, Look, I I, th- I think if I can just interject, please. I think that this this is what makes the pacing of the episode weird. Is that it weird? Is that you see the judges taste the same dish twice? Yeah. True. Yes. True. Yes. Tom gave them some critiques and some some advice on how to some make some advice. Them well, that was new. It is new. You don't you really don't see that very often. Um, but it was good. He gave them both advice. But yeah. that's what makes it weird. You know, we just saw them taste this dish 15 minutes ago in the episode, and now they're tasting it again. Yeah. Um, for the final table. It, it, it just makes it kind of weird. It is weird. It's a weird. It is, yeah. It, what I, uh, something that just occurred to me uh, mm-hmm. when you said that is that um, in 
the Last Chance Kitchen, uh, the first first round this oh. season, uh, something similar happened where yeah. they had the Last Chance Kitchen um, uh, challenge They're where they the... each made a, made a dish. Yeah. And then that dish was the first course of their if you're tasting menu. uh tasting yeah. menu oh uh, yeah yeah brother and nini yeah yeah so that was this was twice the season where we've gotten to watch them do the dish twice in a row yeah it's, it had a very similar structure that is interesting kind of interesting it, i don't know if I make, made, that makes me like it more or less it was weird for like pacing of the episode but i really did like them getting some feedback and the opportunity to like punch up something they made yeah, yeah. i i think that'd be something that i'd love to see top chef maybe find a way to work in more because I think it ended up with it was an interesting thing to see uh, the chefs have an idea that was a really interesting idea but then make it better and to see I that progress completely agree I and that's one of my favorite things about this episode was we saw it on those dishes getting improved and we also saw a lot of edit of them talking to their sous chefs tasting stuff and adjusting it and getting each other's advice and the I, I love watching the creative process. I loved watching um, Kelsey's team trying to figure out the soft shell crab situation, which they didn't quite solve, but they got closer. And I and and um, brainstorming different ideas and listening to each other and testing it. And I feel like that is a part of the real restaurant cooking experience, where you wouldn't just be like, "Here's the menu we came up with this morning and then executed once." You would be testing yeah. it and changing it. Uh, that's absolutely way more real world, and that's how you get really great dishes in restaurants is that you may have a concept for a dish, and you, you'd serve it, and then you realize the next day, oh, the, this little tweak needs to happen to make it better. Yeah. And so you get an, a really evolved dish that's been on the menu that people have been serving and working for a long time. When I you're in Top that. Chef, a lot of times it's just, okay, this is really cool. I know how to do this sauce and this element, and it'll work well, well together. But to make it a really perfect dish in a restaurant setting, you take all of that and you use your experience in making it, you know, 30 times a night to make it better the next and day. And presumably telling and people to taste it and give you feedback. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That, I, I thought that I, was beautiful. I thought they kept a lot of that in that we maybe wouldn't always see. And that was one thing also of having the all of the chefs be great. There was no person on a team where somebody hated that person. Everyone respected each other's opinions, so we got a lot of feedback that way. I, that was that was my favorite part of this episode by far. I, I love the extra insight into the creative process, though I, I feel like if they want to show it more realistically, they'd have to have someone taking a note in completely the wrong direction and making it much worse. So like, just, <laughs> just like for the herbaceous things, just like Sarah just serves a basil plant and just like, God, I hope I got it right this time, you know? <laughs> yeah, she also turns it from a beautiful broth to a salad. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we got it this time. Guys, we nailed it. I was totally worried about that when Tom yeah, was yeah. giving advice. I was like, oh, no, they're going to overcorrect or, yeah. I don't know, throw it off. But Or, or it, Tom it was going to be like, you know what? I got to take it back. The herbs kind of ruin it. So I'm sorry. <laughs> I was wrong. I was wrong. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It happens. <laughs> I'll just go. <laughs> um, I, uh, I really enjoyed that part of it. I, I liked that they worked. I also liked that both of them had made a brothy thing, so the broths got to hang out overnight and get better. So both of them tasted better the next day. With uh, peanuts. True. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's true, with the peanuts. Yeah. Well, okay, let's talk about boiled peanuts really quick since uh, that was the theme of the day. I don't feel like I've ever had boiled peanuts. What? Wh I had does them ha when does one have Malaysia boiled ones. peanuts? Uh, that's a travesty. Wh boiled <laughs> peanuts are... Yeah. Are they just uh, soft peanuts? Yeah, they're young peanuts, uh, and they're before they really harden on the vine. And instead of picking them and roasting them, they're picked early. Uh-huh. 
and you boil them and the, the shell gets really soft. And if you can imagine sort of a, a, a thin, it's like it's water. You boil them in water and you like load all sorts of spices and you can mm. make them hot or just salty. Uh, and it's all, like I, I, when I make them, I usually sneak fish, fish sauce into mine. Like you can add yeah. various sort of uh, layers of umami and flavor in there and they are they're awesome. They taste more like a like a soft cooked bean or pea when they're done. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm now I'm confident I've never had it. That sounds awesome, but that's never come up for me before. I, it's not like it's been around and I've passed. I feel like I've just not been in. I, I don't. Th- I don't. I would say I would bet you money I've never been in the room with a boiled peanut <laughs> at any point in my life. We could. I, be, it's definitely something that I'm sure it's hard to find outside of the South. Yeah, yeah. I have not spent nearly enough time in the South, uh, but that did not make its way to the part of the West Coast I've hung out on for most of my life. I don't know. That sounds fun. You can get boiled peanuts at almost every gas station and roadside stand in the South when peanuts are in season. Oh, no kidding. And would you still eat them like a handful like you would with roasted peanuts, or are they usually in dishes this way? You usually just eat them by themselves. Like, you have to crack open the shells and eat them one by one. Oh, Uh, Usually is how how they do them. But I I use them in dishes for for sure. It's definitely a more uh, modern, you know, more elevated take on a real classic style. Can I, style can I ask a nuts. stupid question? Not not that I'm worried anymore that anyone has gotten this far in the podcast and thinks that I know things, but I'm still <laughs> embarrassed. Um, but uh, with a soft shell crab, do you, you don't do you eat the shell? Yes, yes. you eat the shell. <sighs> I, I know a lot about soft shell crabs. Yeah, please. Like my connection with the seafood industry, uh, soft shell crabs are they're really hard to harvest because what you do is you're getting the crabs as soon as they molt, and so they oh. you know, they shut off their their hard outer layer, and before their shells re-solidify, you harvest them. Oh and wow! So it's not a kind thing. of crab; it's a time in a crab's life. Yes, wow. it's kind of like uh, like new haircut crab, basically. We're just like <laughs> you get them before it grows out. Yeah. That that four days where my hair looks awesome, yeah. or awful depending on how the haircut was. Uh, I, get, I get good haircuts and then I ruin it. It's on me. All right, good. Okay. <laughs> They're so good. You eat the whole thing. The only thing that you can't eat is the gills, and you have to know how to. It's weird because you kind of fold open the bottom of the crabs, and you have to cut out the gills with scissors. Oh. Uh, that may be a little bit a little bit too much for this podcast, but uh, <laughs> they really, you, you eat you eat all of the the rest of them, and they're they're delicious. I think they showed them cutting out the gills in the episode. Oh, I didn't because realize that's what they were doing. there was a part where I was like, what? What is that? Where is that going? <laughs> and I assume that's what that was. Yeah. That makes sense. All right. So and let's... you can also get, you can get soft shell crawfish as well, which are, have, are very similar in, in oh, style. You just eat the whole thing. They're really good. And wait, how, and how do they, how do they know, do all the crabs molt at exactly the same time? And so you're just like driving your fishing boat around and you see all this crab shell floating around. You're like, this is the time. Yeah. I think that they're largely ex- exclusively farm raised and oh, that's okay. how you how you get them at the right time <laughs> that does make it a lot easier uh so for this first dish uh we get kelsey's uh cornbread cereal with her ma her grandmother's cornbread pan that she flew in from the states which i liked a lot that was my yeah, favorite. that was the most corns. yeah oh, mm. i loved it so much that was, I think, that was the first time I cried. I cried like five <laughs> times during this episode. Oh, I don't. Did we cry during this episode? We def. We must have. I'm just. I'm in. It's no, I cry at everything. A, so that's why I'm surprised time. if I did. I, you know, I, I cried a lot at a, um, <laughs> at Shark Tank the other day. So I'm sure I cried at this one. <laughs> um, 
It was so beautiful. Anyway, <laughs> I'll tell you later. I don't want to tell you right now because I will cry again. Um, but wow, uh, did they, someone invent some really good socks? They, <laughs> it was a cutting board that their dad. A had cutting invented. board. I well, hope you cried at Top Chef. <laughs> It was, their dad had invented it and then passed away and they were like two 19 oh. year olds that were like trying to live on his legacy by taking it on his dream of taking it on oh Shark Tank God. it was really everyone was it tried really that for board? sure yeah it had like a little cup that attached to the end so you could drag your refuse off and have it just right there sort of like the way at like a um, like a subway or something where they would pull it off the end in that little trough but it's like a little trough that detaches from your cutting board it's a great idea they all got, it got fully funded Wow. Anyway, it's really okay and also the their father who had died had died of a he was a firefighter and he died of a cancer caused by being a first responder at 9-11 like there's no way you didn't Dang. cry oh, at that wow. story everyone cried at that story anyway sorry back to this so which is this... all to say cooking implements can be emotional <laughs> They're very emotional just so like with food <laughs> yeah her tiny corn pan that was the moment i decided i wanted kelsey to win actually it was the tiny corn pan made me like just really like this and just i don't know just her whole plan and i really connected with it i thought it was really great i'd been yeah, like you know, up, in- up in the air until that point. go ahead i'm done oh i'm sorry i, I talked too much no 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 I'm, i was rambling go <laughs> no i was just gonna say uh, that's definitely something that's very uniquely southern like a, when you know uh, cast iron pans are like passed down through through families and yeah. you, you you know you never want to you never want to wash them so it has like generations of cooking grease baked into them and it's really something that is yeah important it's 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 a it's a cool kind of tradition but not, not too many other places i know of passed down cooking implements like that no, i'm very excited that. to get some pans from my dad yeah Aww. does he have one shaped like tiny corn no, we, we we haven't gotten that far, but there's just some like really weathered cast iron pans that I know are going to create some great food. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. Um, and then uh, Eric was making Eric was making his first uh, dishes tartar with jerk spices, overwhelming it and burnt chips that Michelle warned him about. And then, or did she? I guess am I am I putting too much on that? Did because she. Talking head, she mentioned that she yes. was concerned about them. I don't think we saw her actually say like, "Hey, I'm worried this just won't work." She did say they're getting really dark. I think yeah. it's like what we saw in the episode. Yeah. yeah. So she maybe could have been more aggressive in warning him about that, since it really did end up being a, a deal breaker for them. Um. And then, and then Sarah's was so it was the uh, boiled peanuts. Um. That was in a in a broth with some. Was it grapes? Yeah, grapes. Grapes. peeled grapes. Peeled grapes, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Peeling grapes, like that surgery video. <laughs> yeah, pe- peeling grapes. Grapes is a cool technique. It's really easy to do. It's oh, it you is do it the same way you peel a tomato. You gotta you gotta blanch them real f- first, and then uh, splash them in ice water, and then and then they just remove the skins. Pull off. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I that one seemed weird. So was I? Uh, um, chef, I guess what's your chef's opinion about this? When you saw those three, was it? Did you think that um, uh, that that Eric seemed like the the least successful right away? Because I felt like Sarah's was weird, and I was surprised they loved it so much. Yeah, I think Sarah's was weird, but it all, it all really made a lot of sense to me, in, in my opinion. And I like I don't know if y'all were watching like Twitter when this was going down, or I've looked at Twitter. No, no, we Twitter we ended up watching was, it the next day, so we have to turn off the internet for twelve hours until we actually watch the episode, so it's not spoiled. 
Yeah, Twitter was outraged by the elimination of Eric. But to me, just looking at these three dishes, I mean, I'm sure his dish was good, but it had a, you know, the, the chips were overcooked. But at, and at the same time, the other two dishes to me just look like spectacular showstopper kind of dishes. And when you compare it to a steak tartare, even if it has jerk seasoning in it, which is cool and unique, it just wasn't like a like a game changer to me like the, like the other two were. I, I thought yeah. it was really a, probably a pretty clear decision, which sucks for Eric. But I think that he probably should have thought better about, you know, what can I do right now that's going to make a huge punch? And I just don't think that that dish made it there. Yeah, it seemed almost like like you could think of the first uh, it as the first course or you could think of it as a two hour quick fire and then you have to progress from there because if you yeah. if you're planning on a first course that kind of lures somebody into the meal you're going to lose against someone that's got more it's doing a punchier thing yeah and i think i've said this this season like i don't understand why you're trying to cook me a tartare like i've never <laughs> had a tartare or thought like seen a tartare that makes you think that's the number one thing I want to have. Uh, yeah. This is my tartar bias. Yeah, no, I, I, I do remember you saying that. I've never had a tartar, so I can't speak on this. Um, has anybody, also, chef, chef have you I, had I tartar that his... made you, like, would have, you thought would have won in this case? Is there a way to make tartar winning in this first dish? I, I don't know. I mean, maybe. I'm sure it's possible, but I think that it had to, if, if the tartar was maybe a, an element of a larger composed dish, perhaps maybe. I'm just not sure. I mean, the other two dishes to me just looked so spectacular, and this mm-hmm. the steak tartare sound. I, I'm sure it was awesome, but it didn't. It just wasn't as flashy. I think you really yeah. need to make a big splash if you're trying to make it to the next round to cook the rest of your food. I mean, we are we are all super behind Eric. None uh, none of us were excited when Eric lost, but I I did. It, I, besides the fact, well, I thought Sarah's was weird, and then once they ate it, it seemed like, yeah, obviously this was going to have to be Eric. So it wasn't, it wasn't, it didn't feel unfair. It's just a bummer, I guess. Yeah, I'm not and I outraged. Say, like, I want to. I, I, I'm, I'm not a fan of Tartars. Yes. I'm a massive fan of Eric's. Yes. So it was really, I, I felt pretty cheated not getting to see the rest of his food because, so cheated. like it, it, he cooked extremely interesting things that were like the way Poppin described them in the L-shaped video uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> was the great thing of like, he cooked really well, but getting to see him as an advocate and an educator since he does, he is Dr. Booyan. Yeah. Uh, like getting him to getting to see him show those dishes was a really cool experience. And I wanted more of that. Yeah, him. The way he talked, he talked about it as someone who knew he how to educate and explain this thing that people were not experienced with. It was really wonderful. Mm-hmm. So that's that was too bad. But then we got an hour and a half visit to Aji, the uh, restaurant in the MGM, where it the, wasn't that long. What is your what is your damage here, Alex? No, it, I it like was, watching actually, people eat nice food. I do. That's it looked great. Chef. The only thing that was just that just stood out uh, uh, that it was like the clear spawn con nature of it where Kelsey and Sarah are sitting around and they're like, do you think, um, here, well, Megan and I will do it. Hey, Megan, anything going on? I don't know. I was just thinking randomly that we could go downstairs and eat dinner. Yeah, what a nice idea. Do you want to go to Aji, the place in the building that helped pay for this episode? Sure. It was like that. <laughs> it was that part where they were just like, just casually, I think I might need to go to dinner right now. How about Aji? It just, the fact, it just felt like a... 
uh, uh, com- the commercial uh, punched me in the face, and so I'm, that's my damage. But then, but then when they got there and they enjoyed every bite, it so seemed so cool. Much, yeah. Oh my gosh, how happy did that make you? I was just like glowing with frozen them. tiger's milk, which I didn't even yeah. know we were milking tigers. It seems so it's dangerous. Not, I'm pretty sure it's not actually tiger's milk. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Jenks. I think it's just very brave uh, uh, people in aprons and buckets who park under a tiger. Yes, it is. This, it's a okay. We know what it is, but that's because of the internet, not because of foreknowledge. <laughs> yeah, isn't it citrus something? Yeah, it's a citrus-based marinade. It's a Peruvian uh, kind of thing that's often in ceviche. Oh, interesting. I thought it was uh, the left, the leftover ceviche. Yes, juice, yeah. kind of that's left after you eat the. The ceviche. I oh. found a, a thing on Pop Sugar that calls it, quote, the leftover fish runoff. Ooh, <laughs> yum. I, now I kind of wish they were just milking tigers. That's a little gross. No, there. it's really good. It's really good. Yeah, I just don't think runoff is a good food word. <laughs> uh, anyway, Ajay looked great. Anyway, so uh, then let's get to the elimination, or get to the, the finale, the, the, the rest of the meal. Because um, I'm sure we have a lot, a lot in the mailbag to dig through, so... I guess we'll rush through it like the show did. Um, I think that we're, I think normally the way the judges break stuff down is course by course and they do a head to head comparison. They did less of that this time around. So I don't know exactly how they compare the courses. It did feel like both of the first courses got way better and were very, very good. And if anything, maybe slight edge to Sarah. Yes, that's how I read it, too. I thought they were really happy, and there was both, like, two A dishes, and Sarah's pushed just to, like, A+, plus because it seemed like a sort a level of elegance and comp- composition yeah. that Kelsey's kind of had, like, some issue with the cornbread, or maybe just some inconsistency, but Sarah's was perfect across the board. And then uh, for the second course... Hey, what was... What was, what was- Melanie Hanshi, deputy editor of Food Wine Magazine, talk about talking about when she said that Kelsey's dish was too nuanced. Did you guys know? Do y'all know what that means? <laughs> was I that just like another so way confused. of confused. Yeah, I was wondering if it was another way of being like the buttermilk overwhelmed everything, which is what yeah. they said the day before. If the other flavors were just too subtle with something as as powerful as buttermilk. Nuance. Full disclosure: I really the 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 smell of buttermilk on its own is not something I can deal with, so I can't imagine having a soup made out of it. I, 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 me neither, and yet I just like cereal so much. I'm committed to the idea of new milks and new foods inside them. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I can see if you did not care for buttermilk, that could be kind of overwhelming. Also, it's a strong flavor. I thought one of the interesting elements of this judges table was um, uh, the deputy editor of Food and Wine magazine. There was and there was the guy across the table from Tom who just disagreed when anyone, when people said negative things he was just there for it no matter what he the loved dish everything. was everything yeah yeah he was a fun like just a voice of like food is good guys why are we so critical yeah. all the time yeah it was an interesting Bacon's judges supposed table. to be salty yeah 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 right that was everyone else was overwhelmed by the salt and he's like i don't know i liked it <laughs> salt's good <laughs> uh, uh i don't i don't i didn't write down uh too nuanced but that is uh on further reflection not a great sentence (laughs) it was weird because she also called kelsey's second she it was like a compliment she had for kelsey's second course where she was she described how it was very ambitious to have 
two really nuanced dishes as both of the first courses. Yeah. And I wonder if it's just her, the food and white editor saying it's delicate and maybe she was expecting something a little bit bigger and bolder. It's not as much like flavor forward. It's something that you kind of interpret and then like have to kind of take in all the separate parts to figure out how it comes together. Yeah, that's a pretty, I think that's a good generous read of that comment. Although I do feel like the first course at least is supposed to have a little bit more delicateness and then you build up to that flavor punch or in this case, the sad crab. You got to build to the sad crab is my point. Um, yeah, I, I feel like, so, so second dish then is, uh, Kelsey's oyster and cheese it. And it looked so good. It looked incredible. I, and, and apparently, well, I guess I was a little surprised. I feel like, and I like, I like oysters and I do eat oysters as I mentioned before, cause they're basically a vegetable. Don't at me. And I think that, um, I think this seemed, this seemed incredible, but I do feel like it's almost a little bit like a, like a tartare in that even though, even if it is really good, it, it, it surprised me that an oyster could blow people away as much as it did. And I just would love to figure out what this was and, 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 and why it was as incredible as it was. Well, it's the, the accompaniment, right? Like it's not just the product itself. And it was that beautiful, um, she made it was like all the other things it was like that is like attention to detail right because it seems yeah. like a tiny canvas to work on and and the the it was the dish that she was like if this is sits for two seconds too long it'll be ruined like that the perfection of that was really intriguing chef jim can you share some insight on like how much went into those oysters because it looks very beautiful and simple but it had to have been really complex, too. Yeah, well, and, and, I, and I think that another way to answer y'all's question is why oyster, why oysters is that oysters are such a, a beautiful, delicate, briny flavor and texture that it makes, it, it makes them the perfect vessel to put other things on in a really mm-hmm. beautiful, composed way. And you get it in that nice little package of the shell, which makes it a really great creative tool to put stuff on and uh i, I love vichy soise you know it, it's a potato and leek soup and it's usually served chilled but it's it sounded like they were serving it warm and i think that's why she didn't want the right because it cook the oyster she wanted the warm soup on the cold oyster to mm. not just yeah. keep, it, keep it raw but the rest of that dish it looked like there was um uh, oh yeah pickled green tomato she had mm. the cheese straw and the caviar so you get um you get more uh, acid from the pickle and more saltiness from the caviar and then the cold creaminess of the soup. It really seemed like a, a beautifully balanced dish to me. And it's, it sounded awesome. Like that's of all of the dishes. That's the one that I wanted. Did you agree with her self-criticism that she should have uh, put that third? Cause it felt to me like if you just had a sad crab in the middle, it wouldn't have really improved the progression any. You just would have had sad crab faster. I, yeah, I think that the problem with the crab dish is that it just needed to be more composed. I mean, you have one fried crab on the plate and then two sauces to put it there. And, yeah, yeah. and for me, I always find it a little bit unwise to have to tell people how to eat things. And it, 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 although it worked for her first course explaining how to do the cornbread, that's very different than, you know, well, maybe you, you want to take a, a small spoonful of this and a small spoonful of the black-eyed peas and, you know, put it on the crab and have a bite. It's just a yeah. little bit too much. Yeah. You're allowing them too much room to interpret and 
build the dish themselves. You really want to take that away from the judges and give them something that's a little more composed and on point. Yeah, you really give an opportunity um, for me to blow it as the diner. For me to like, <laughs> I want to put all the sauce on. I love sauce. And then it's like, no, this is too tangy. Why did you do this? <laughs> also, do you, the chef suspected it wasn't fresh, but she, I mean, we never saw you know her taking it out of the freezer or anything. What do we know about? They, they did say, uh, one of them said, there is no fresh soft cell crab yeah. in, in Macau. So ergo, it had to be. Although... They had this ability to special order stuff because Kelsey yeah. had special ordered her crawfish. So I don't, I don't know, Chef. Do you have any any insight into that? Yeah, I don't know if they got that from the market. I, it would probably be hard to know that there aren't soft shell crabs grown in that region unless you did a lot of research. But if I was just like walking through the market and was like, oh, soft shell crabs, I would that would be something that I would be tempted to just pick up immediately because yeah. I love them so much. You know, and that yeah. that may have, that might have been the case there. What's a what's a soft shell crab preparation that you would do? Do you do you normally fry them like this? Yeah, I think that frying them is the best way. But I'll tell you that the way that most people fry them in the South is with regular flour and more like chicken fried. Like I clean them, yeah. dredge them in buttermilk and Tabasco, and then go into a, a flour mixture. And yeah. I know that she said corn. She had cornmeal, but finding AP flour in Asia is a difficult thing. And she probably could have special ordered it, but. That's that's how I get them super crunchy. Yeah, um, I, it's so interesting that you're making it crispy. It's like you take away the the hard shell and you're like, I'm gonna make you a new shell out of deliciousness. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's that's basically what it is, and uh, it's it, they're really it's a great ingredient. It's a great ingredient. I I would have I would have. If I saw a soft shell crab on any list, I probably would have gone for it. Now, there's a good chance that they might have come from Louisiana, which is or which is where the problem might have been. Right. I don't know anywhere in in Europe that grows them. Maybe maybe they came from Europe. I, I'm really not sure. So just to just to uh, pull this back. So uh, second course, she does her incredible oyster. Uh, Sarah comes back at her with uh, bad bacon, um, with uh, ex- extremely salty local bacon, um, and then a, a little pile of white things on top of it. Um, that nobody seemed thrilled about except for Tom and Tom's friend across the hall who like salty things, um, but then had other criticisms. Um, and then, so so clearly, if we're vote, if we're if we're judging, course two, Kelsey by a mile. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, course three uh, was well, I guess. Maybe one of the reasons why we didn't compare them course to course this time was because they were doing them all in order instead of side by side courses, which is interesting. Um, mm, that's anyway, true. But um, so then, uh, third course is Kelsey's sad grab along with uh, Sarah's incredibly perfect duck with not enough pickled beets with with the shortage of pickled beets, but but and a shortage duck. of sauce, right? Um, yes. yeah, something to bring it all together. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Not enough sauce, which I think is a good. As the person who will ruin myself with sauce, I agree. <laughs> but uh, but but very sexy duck. So that one feels like definitely Sarah, but not by as much as she needed to pull a pull back even, right? Yeah, that's how it felt. Like she won, but they had plenty of criticisms. And then we go on to the dessert course for which. Uh, Sorry, oh, our puppy. dog has an opinion on that siren. <laughs> yeah, he, he's matching the siren. Yeah. Uh, so then for fourth course, uh, for the dessert course, Kelsey makes deconstructed peach cobbler that is quite good. And uh, and then uh, for her dessert, Sarah prepares a ribeye steak with dirty rice. Ooh. And uh, 
I don't know. I'm sad when there's no dessert as a diner. I know, I don't I, like steak for dessert irritates me. <laughs> well, you don't. You also don't eat steak. I don't eat steak, much, which is so. part of why if my <laughs> dessert is a steak, I would be irritated. But this was a very good steak and very good rice. Yeah, apparently it was incredible. Um, okay, do you guys? Okay, so uh, maybe Northern California. Do you guys agree with the uh, no dessert idea? Yeah, I totally agree because she she wouldn't have won that course, you know. But do, but do you think healthy. you can win if the other person like with a, a like when it's steak versus cobbler, it's hard to even decide who wins now. You, you can win that. And I think since they were eating the meals separately because it wasn't a direct comparison, it, that probably didn't come across their you know. And, and in fact, I think the judges said like she made a great decision. So. You well, know, but I'm suspicious of when when somebody says like I don't even miss dessert, but you just had dessert twenty minutes ago from somebody else. Um, Maybe. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, when, how are they not super full at that point? Yeah, I, I don't right. know. Jose, Hosea won on no dessert, I think, if I remember. Yeah. Wasn't, and then season two that you had to do dessert. That was, they've, they've sometimes made you do a dessert. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just, I also feel like they, they even said like, well, you know, she has a bakery. So it, yeah, it's smart not to cook a dessert against her. But that feels such a, like a weird, cowardly way to handle that. It's like, oh, I'm not going to I'm not going to do well, a dessert cuz she's better at it. It's not your specialty and you know that you're going up against someone who it is one of their specialties. I think that's just playing to your strengths, you know. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. that's smart. I have I have no problem with it. I applaud Sarah's decision. Sarah's yeah. shooting her shot and she hit it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's I I would have rather seen her make a steak than come up with a des- like I would rather have a great steak than a dessert for the sake of a rule that mm-hmm. I know isn't going to be as good. Like, it's the mm-hmm. thing, like, if you go to a restaurant that's known for desserts, you want the desserts. But if you go, like, I probably wouldn't get a dessert at a steakhouse. Mm. Yeah. And I wouldn't be unhappy with that meal. Yeah. It's just so nice. I, if I it's, know, if it it's makes multiple sense, right? courses, I just love having a sweet thing at the end. Well, well listen, I do too, but... Uh, you guys, I mean, like... You can leave the restaurant and go to a different place. That's that's yeah, fun too. You can, you can always go out to ice cream later. <laughs> that's, true. <laughs> that's what I guess I'll assume is that when they were judging, Padma was like, "It's fine. I went somewhere else. I got ice cream. It was delicious. Yeah, I have egg tarts. Yeah, I got egg tarts for dessert. I do love a second location dessert. That's true. I do enjoy right? that. Um, as a as a feel to the meal, it's fun to like settle a second place and get something else. I don't know. Um, so, but I guess if we're but so to me, if we're judging it course by course. Maybe even Sarah by a, a hair in the last course. So when Kelsey won, she won by a mile. And then when Sarah won courses, she won by an inch. And so in total, it feels like that puts Kelsey's meal out ahead. Were you guys surprised? You, so I guess, uh, Kyle, you said earlier on, you were very clear that this is what happened. And I felt like it. they were setting up Sarah to win until uh, Tom said something very confidently Kelsey forward in the last uh, little bit of judging. What was giving you the, the strong Kelsey vibe from the beginning? Well, Kelsey, they made, they both made four dishes. Kelsey made three dishes that they essentially thought were standout star dishes. And with Sarah, they really didn't like her bacon. And then the duck, they liked a lot. They saw a lot to admire, but thought there were clear flaws slash like places it could improve. So it was basically three great dishes versus two great dishes. Yeah. And that's that's where it kind of Yeah, that's a, I think that's a smart way to look at it. That makes a lot yeah. of sense that way. Um the, it is weird. The thing that 
Now that you said that way, it's weird that we had two people just we had two choke courses in the finale. That's a yeah. little sad. Well, I it, I still was really happy with like how the meal looked. Like it all seemed like at really good ideas. It wasn't like bad idea dishes. It was just things that didn't get executed correctly due to like yeah. various things due to like where they were cooking. Yeah. Uh, the thing that gave me some doubt was when they mentioned that uh, whether Kelsey's overall meal just wasn't set up to succeed because it was basically three appetizers and a dessert. Yeah, right. it wasn't substantial enough. Which sounds yeah. like, you know what that sounds like? A vegetarian dinner. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Very familiar with three apps and a dessert as my tasting menu, and I like it. Uh, do, do but you? Would, wouldn't, wouldn't you rather have not that? Well, this is of, what we've come to expect from the world. Yeah, maybe so 20 years okay. ago I wanted something else, but at this point, as that just sounds like... You guys gotta like a, come to LA. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I uh, truthfully, this is not that interesting, but truthfully, when you're, you're vegetarian food, you do end up with a, like less of this concept of one heavy thing that everything else is orbiting around, and more just like, here are some delicious things. And huh. I don't think that's a bad way to look at food necessarily. It's a little more tapas style. Um, tapas makes me so angry fundamentally. Yeah, you know, yeah. Me, no, me too. Well, but the problem is the price, right? It's not small plates. It's that they charge large plate prices for them. Yeah. If, if tapas enough. were super cheap, you'd be like, cool, I'll just get a little of everything. Well, so it's, it's the cool thing with like, actually, I think like originally the idea with tapas is that it is, it was supposed to be basically like free alongside your drink. Um, oh. like. So like if I remember, yeah, we like, blew so that. Top, yeah, yeah, right. So like basically, the top is like it's like a cover, and they're. I think I remember hearing like the and for lore, it was like basically you stick like a piece of meat on top of the drink to keep the flies away. Um, oh. And so like yeah, so it's like I, I want it con tapa like with a top like with a lid basically on it. Oh. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, so so less appetizing when you mention the flies, but in general, I like this concept. It was necessary, man. <laughs> and so there's this idea where it's like, hey, I want to make sure people are eating. I, 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 I could be mixing up this lore, but I think the idea was that like the king was like, I want to make sure people are eating. So if you order a drink, you got to get food with it. Um, and so that was that was sort of the idea. Yeah. Um, anyway, so on that, it's super super cool. And there was like a similar thing I think in Italy also that I remember being like the idea where it's just like if you get a drink, you get like just like free snacks along with it, which is super yeah. cool. Um, if you order at the, at the right time of day. Um, but yeah, so then, but charging, yeah, part, charging a full meal. That's price, they, they, that's they not just cool, that's people. Everyone started doing small plates because they realized you could just trick you into spending more. Chef, do, does this? Have, do you guys have meetings where you're like, yeah, we got them, we figured it out. <laughs> we'll just we'll just do smaller plates and, and charge the same price for those plates. I don't think he's gonna say yes, Alex. <laughs> No, I do think that there was probably a lot of times when things like that were going on. I had the same issue with tapas. I, I just. I just don't get it. And when you, when you do that, especially in, in places like the South where people are looking for a, a big meal, they're just like, I can't believe I just paid, you know, $18 for three bites. Yeah. When, you know, it's, it, it, it does, when it, you know, it just doesn't make that much sense to me. It, it's, it is very frustrating to spend what would, to me, be a very fancy dinner price and be hungry. It's a bad, it's just a frustrating combination. Like, even if it's a great experience, it was like the fundamental thing I was here for was to not be hungry anymore. And we did not satisfy that. Yeah, like I'm upset when I pay money for a restaurant and like I'm full, but like I don't have leftovers, you know, like (laughs) (laughs) I did have the best thing I've ever had is I had a tapas brunch buffet where it was like a set price and then you just took as many tiny plates as you wanted. And so you get to try everything and everything was incredible. So I that is 
closer to that lore idea and i really enjoyed it um all right so that's the way we score it um was anybody surprised or disappointed by this so kyle saw this coming uh northern california how do you guys feel uh, so, uh, I think Sarah and I were mostly on the same page in that we, we thought that, uh, that Kentucky Sarah was going to take it, um, oh. for the first bit. And then, yeah. uh, then, yeah, like it was more like in that, how it came out in judges table. We were, uh, you know, a little more on the surprise side. Yeah. There was one thing that Tom said, I can't remember what it was now, but Tom said something that just sounded kind of like Tom had made up his mind. And as we've learned from the show over the years, but is even like last week, if Tom feels away, if if Tom says it's not too salty, it's not too salty. So there's no point in arguing. That's it. Just it's Tom's show, and we're all it's Tom's world. And so when Tom seemed like he preferred Kelsey's meal, I guess that that sort of solidified it for me. Chef, how did how how did you feel about this final judgment of these uh, four courses? Yeah, I thought it was right on. I I I, I kind of suspected that that Kelsey was was going to take it based on the the way that the courses broke down. But I thought it was really pretty close. And that, yep. that steak, the steak dish from Sarah did look really awesome. Uh, that crispy, yeah. dirty rice. I'm gonna. I'm, I, that that's. I definitely want to try to figure figure out how that happened. But it, it yeah, really, really a great meal. I I don't think I've had that thing, but I've had things like that thing, and I very much enjoyed them. I like that that textural element. Sounds really really good. Yeah. Um. Megan, how do you feel? You feel satisfied? Unsatisfied? Um. I think satisfied Good. overall, but I mean, still sad about the structure of the, yeah. the episode, but it's hard to feel joy after we've gone through that Eric elimination, but yeah. And did you want, I can't remember now. Did you, did you want, were you rooting for Kelsey or Sarah at that point? I think I was rooting a little bit for Kelsey. Yeah. Yeah. I think me too. Partially because of the cornbread pan. <laughs> <laughs> also, I, I don't know. I felt like Sarah's, um, Sarah's approach, which was like all of my Southern flavors, but with stuff I'm learning here, just didn't seem as inspiring to me uh like i don't know just like a lifetime of cooking plus this last four days um just doesn't strike me as well as a lifetime of cooking and and or in, in kelsey's case like generations of cooking that have been handed to me it wasn't just like also i've just walked around and noticing all these cool things i don't know i know that that's a big part of chefing is walking around and noticing things but in terms of the meal of your life having it include the last four days feels like a bit uh, I mean, you live those four days, man. That's like that's part of your life. It is. It yeah, is. I mean, Top Chef is going to be a big chapter in the Sarah Bradley story. Yeah, mm. I think it is, and I would love to go to her small town and and eat some of her food. I that seems, I'm very happy for her for getting this far, and it was a great day. It was a really cool ending for the South. I think the South had a good, good redemption story for their their oft maligned cuisine <laughs> until recently. Hey, I, I have some location reporting to do. Thank um, you so much. Yes. I was just going to oh. ask if we had... I don't have any... I don't have a sting for location reporting, but let's hear it. I, I attended Kelsey's rap party. and You did? Yes. And oh, super it was, jealous. A rap party is an understatement. It was a block party, which they shut down a whole street of downtown. And the whole town oh, was man. there. There were like, you know, they had a big screen, giant like movie screen set up on the lawn. There were proclamations from the governor and the mayor. And yeah. she got a, a giant peanut made in her likeness. It was, <laughs> it was a, I, I got to eat Kelsey's food and it was delicious. And I had a wonderful time just hanging out with her family and, you know, uh, being in, in downtown Dothan. It was a lot of fun. Wait, so does that mean you knew? Yeah, that she exactly. Won? 
Um, I you know I I try my best to be spoiler averse through the season, but lots of people who are on Top Chef talk, and somebody inadvertently spoiled it for me, and I punched uh, him in the arm when he said it out loud. <laughs> um, uh, uh, but. Uh, yeah, I, I would have gone anyway uh, because just I, I wanted to go, but it was a it was a great time. You know, I, I think that when I was a contestant, you couldn't do even two years ago. You could not have uh, viewing parties, and I think if you all remember mm. last year, Joe Flam had this massive party in his restaurant in Chicago, and like everyone yeah. from the cast was there. And I, you know, I I, I think that I, I'm okay with uh, NBC and Bravo and the Magical Elves being a little bit more open, but Kelsey was on the Hugh Atchison podcast last week. And yeah. like, I think if you were really paying attention to what was happening in the media, you probably could figure out who was going to win before you. Yeah. I mean, it. if you got an invite to Kelsey's massive block party, rap party, and then you also got an invite to Sarah's uh, cry and drink, then it might've been a bit of a giveaway. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine Sarah's crying drink is at the entrance to the party, kind of like a point and shoot or a <laughs> step, stand, and step and repeat. Yeah, 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 exactly. For a Hollywood premiere. Oh, our condolences. Like Everyone's everyone like stabbing beers and then chocolating them. <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, I mean, I, I think it's cool that they are. I think it's very cool that you're allowed to have that uh, level of party. And that does sound like an incredibly cool time. And I am jelly that you got to do that. And it's, um, something, it's something that you you see, like especially in the early days of reality TV. Uh, whenever you go to, whenever you get a competitor from a small town, like if they're at the end, you're, you're going to see the whole, like the whole city turn out. It's going to be this huge uh, event. But if you're from New York or LA, then people just don't give a crap about that. They're like, oh, well, you know, right. somebody else did something, you know. Um, yeah. There's something, there's, I think there's something really special about that. Uh, I know yeah. this. I know this firsthand because uh, during like the heyday of American Idol, Fantasia Bruno was from my hometown, <laughs> and it was bedlam. Yeah, like, people went insane when she like came back to visit in the middle of the season. I mean, that baseball stadium you guys are getting is already a big enough deal and high point. I can't imagine what a reality star is like. Guys, should we try to get adopted adopted by like a small town so that they'll be like, oh wow, like we can't believe that we have our own Top Chef podcast. Like I, they're doing it, <laughs> one of the top ten Top Chef podcasts in the internet. I uh, could probably use my hometown. They they don't have a lot going on other I'm, than the grocery store. <laughs> yeah, I mean I'm from uh, a like I guess a, a big little city, and biggest little city in the, the world, the biggest little city in fact. And uh, I feel like I could if I was on Top Chef, they would not notice. <laughs> my my hometown invented Star Wars, so it doesn't care. <laughs> That's an interesting way to phrase that. Um, is I mean, do you no, live so, like, inside so, George Lucas? Well, no. So 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 San Simo, like uh, like uh, basically, yeah. George Lucas, like they have like a park now where they have a um, uh, a statue of um, of Indiana Jones and of Yoda, where it says like basically like, born here, um, mm. like like 1973 or like um, yeah, like. So basically, a Top Chef podcast star does not register. It would be tough to yeah, make that. Yeah, we'd really have to get pretty big, guys. So, like, I don't know. It's just an old, broken uh, uh, snowball microphone statue. It's also <laughs> born here. If we can get big enough so we get bought out by Disney for $4 billion, then we get that statue, I think. Yeah. Actually, we haven't really discussed this, but that is my exit strategy. 
Uh, I am well, planning on selling to Disney for $4 billion. That is on my list. But here's the thing. That money will have to be, like, with inflation, you'd have to go higher. No, we don't have to beat Star Wars. It's not a competition. I just want $4 billion as it'll still buy me enough. It won't mean anything by the time we can sell it for $4 billion. Okay. Well, so this has been already a, a slightly beefy podcast, um, and we have um, some mailbag to attend to. So let's take a quick dip into what is probably a very crowded mailbag. For the last time this season, we're going to check in with Megan to see who has sent her mail and what mail they've sent her. Megan, one finale time. What's in your bag? Well, I just wanted to say thank you so much to everyone who's written into the mailbag this season. Such just, a classy mailbag uh, uh, that we have these days. I know. It's, it's amazing. We just have so enjoyed your comments and really appreciate you taking the time to share your thoughts um, and just have really really enjoyed it so thank you yeah um, i'm not going to be able to share everyone's feedback today because we are running a little long yeah. um, but i did want to especially highlight some uh, we had a number of people write into us with some great statistics and oh. that they put together so i just wanted to good share some of those uh, wait did i get these wrong or are these just stuff that we did this is research this is research that, oh. that people have done cool. yeah so uh so hannah writes interesting data point women have uh, only ever won even-numbered seasons of Top Chef. <laughs> uh, the feminine numbers. Uh, a woman has won every even season since uh, season 10. Oh. So um, so we have number four, uh, season four, Stephanie, season 10, mm-hmm. Kristen, season 12, May, season 14, Brooke, and season 16, Kelsey. I'm glad it only goes back to 10 because if it had been since day one, it would feel a little bit on purpose. That's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, that's interesting. Uh, Jordan writes in, um, uh, after watching Eric being denied his amazing sounding meal, Jordan compiled some of the worst fin- finals gimmicks oh, uh, from, the, from the Thank magical you, Jordan. <laughs> this is going to be a sad reminiscing experience. Yeah. So season two in LA in the semifinals in Hawaii, there were four chefs left and there was a double elimination down oh. to two. Uh, season seven DC, uh, the semifinals in Singapore, there were four chefs left and three got to go into the finals, but the quick fire winner, uh, was automatic. Um, oh. uh, automatically got to the, go to the finals yeah, based on the quick fire, uh, season eight all stars, um, blaze won and was in, uh, but then Mikey, Isabella and Antonia had to make a single bite. Uh, to win and go into the finale. Oh, man. This is like the opposite of that machete order we're talking about. This is like, if you just want to watch Top Chef to be angry. (laughs) Season 10, Boston. um, Of course, we all remember this. uh, Yeah. Oh, what was that? Oh, no, I was just like saying, yes. He's preparing himself. The the dark one. You were, yeah, you were preparing. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Kristen and Brooke cook in a stadium and are judged course by course live. Uh, They also have to cook for like... Oh, go ahead. Brooke, doesn't, Brooke doesn't even get to serve her dessert. She's still mad right. about that. Uh, <sighs> yeah. Well deserved, mad man. I'm so mad. That may, yeah, that may have been. That one was real bad. <laughs> uh, season 13, California, um, the semifinals. Uh, there were there was another double elimination mm-hmm. after four chefs were left. Um, and that's that's it, except for yeah. you know the season, of course. Jeez. So. Yeah. So I did just. I was wondering to myself, am I? 
uh, do I re- am I really mad about this or do I secretly like the drama the same way like when I watch a horror movie I want everyone to be okay but obviously that would ruin the movie and I want that movie <laughs> uh, there are non-horror movies where people don't <laughs> no, die no, no, no. I want a horror movie where it turns out the killer is really ineffective and everything is and fine everyone wins yeah I mean I like I I wonder if I'm wishing away my enjoyment but I have decided from hearing this list no all of these are stupid just have everybody do well. We just want to watch people cook good things. Um, yeah. Agree? I disagree? Agree. Agree. And Jordan Jordan agrees too. For sure. Um, so Meredith uh, writes, I can't resist sneaking in one final trivia question based on the results of last night's win. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Kelsey won Top Chef and Fan Favorite. There's only one other Top Chef who has done this. Who is it? Ooh. You guys have I any have, guesses? I don't feel like we've tracked fan Stephanie? favorite as well. In fact, I'm just now finding out Kelsey won fan favorite. I didn't realize. Oh, I actually had this in front of me. You'd, oh, okay. <laughs> um, anyway, did did I hear a guess already? Ezra said Stephanie. Stephanie. Ezra says Stephanie. Okay. Yeah, oh, that's a good guess. Any other guesses? I would. I can't remember anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would have voted for Eric for fan favorite because mostly I think of fan favorite as a a, a prize for not winning. A consolation? A consolation prize, yeah. I don't know how it works or when it's announced. Yeah. Or we don't when, pay enough attention to I that. Don't know. It's hmm. announced on Andy Cohen right after. We didn't watch it because, God, no. Yeah, of but course not. Th- yeah. <laughs> yeah, what is, what is he trying to do? A recap of Top Chef? That show will never fly. <laughs> Did they do a shot skis when they announced it? <laughs> I don't, right. Nobody knows. I don't know. Any other guesses? Know. Fun joke for my Andy Cohen heads. I don't remember anything. As okay. I said. Who was it? As was right. It was Stephanie. Nicely season done. four. Oh. The, the only other Top Chef fan favorite combo of note, she also won the first elimination challenge and restaurant wars that season. So she is quite Whoa. unmatched. Yeah, that I is I love incredible. Stephanie. Yes. And her restaurants are so good. Yeah, she's opening a restaurant in LA, I think, this summer. Yeah, I'm oh, very excited. excited. Is it also goat based? Well, they're they're just named after goats. They're not like goat centric. Right, that's what I meant. <laughs> I mean, her first place was around like their the Meat. goats. Yeah, they had. But but now goat is her brand. Like craft is Tom's brand. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I'll just I'll end with a few uh, mentions of tasting notes and links. Oh yes. Um, wait, wait 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 wait. Oh, go ahead. It's a tasting note. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I'm glad I got to use that stick one more time. And I wish I had one for on location reporting. But uh, So Allison recommends uh, Toops Meadery or Topes? Oh, uh, Isaac Toops. Yeah, Isaac Toops, okay. yeah. Isaac okay. Toops. We loved. Uh, that was uh, uh, Cation Man 5000. Yeah. Um, from He was on the California season, season 13. Yeah. Uh, and he has a, he has a new, it's, it's relatively new, right? The restaurant is... Um, I guess. Or no, no, he had that when he was on the show. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. So they had actually eaten there before the show without realizing he was going to be on Top Chef. Oh, that's cool. So they went back after the show, and Allison says, "My husband got the world's largest pork chop, and I got a venison dish. Both were incredible. Awesome. Uh, I've actually eaten at Toots Meadery too. You have? Yes, I went there when I did my bachelor party in New Orleans. That was like a centerpiece meal. Oh man, ate a lot of food. Cool. Wow. wow, I'm impressed. Awesome. Yeah, that was, be, had was that was before like or after a, his season? It was after. Oh, I had okay. this amazing dish. It was like this pork belly 
that was on top of like a uh, watermelon, and then there's a giant uh, kind of chicharron on top. So it was like this super crispy chicharron, then this like uh, pork belly that was like very fatty, but like a big piece of it, and then watermelon underneath. So it was just like a lot of textures and flavors, and great. Yeah. I like tubes. I miss that guy. Yeah. Um, a few other things. Uh, Lindsay sent us a link to some durian candy that's available on Amazon. All uh, right. So we'll have to post that in the show notes. I'll have to order that. Also, thanks, Shannon Duh, for posting some fun ranch dressing related internet content to our Facebook page. <laughs> so you can go to our Facebook page and check that out. We had a very long conversation about whether they were technically memes because it was just. It didn't have any text over it, but uh, we, we settled on ranch-related internet content. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> um, and then I'm, I'm so sorry. I, I was looking at our Facebook page, and I totally missed this from like a month ago. Oh. Uh, but I did just want to mention, and I feel like this is a good way to close out the, the mailbag for this season, is uh, Trent uh, sent us a link to a, um, a brewery in Cincinnati uh, called Taft's. Uh, that uh, featured a Cincinnati chili porter on Cincinnati, Cincinnati Chili Day, which was February 28th. Okay. Um, it was based off of Taft's Maverick chocolate porter and infused with gold star spices like cinnamon and chilies. So, And you drink it on spaghetti? You drink it on top. <laughs> I don't know how uh, I don't know how Cincinnati chili became the focal point of our season, but it did. It's definitely the breakout star. If we're gonna do a spinoff of our show, it'd be a show where we just read emails about Cincinnati chili. Because that seems it's, it's an honorable. It's a good. It's like a heir to the lemons throne, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we had. It's been a while since we talked about lemons, but we got a good amount of chili related content today this year. Um. I thank you so much, uh, Megan, for for handling the mailbag with such a plum this year. Uh, and for everybody who wrote in, um, I'm not going to give you the email address because we will be we'll read stuff if you send it to us, but we will have nowhere to tell it to the world in the in the short term. So um, you can still send us uh, 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 ranch related content, uh, which we mm-hmm. can put up on our Facebook and, and social. But that's the that's the closing of the mailbag, and this is, brings us to the end of season sixteen. Um, Wait, can we have like a, like a gong or something like that to like like a ceremonial closing of the mailbag, like the like the closing Olympic ceremonies or you know, that kind of thing, where it's like, yeah, it, yeah, great idea. Just, okay, in the future uh, for sound effects related things, uh, it, it helps to get it ahead of time. Mm, we'll get John Williams. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, just do not. I don't have a gong ready, and I don't have an easy way to play sound gong. Effects. Thank you. Thanks, um, guys. Um. Yeah, the ceremony of closing the mailbag. End of season 16. In previous seasons, we've talked about where we are speculating they will go to next. And I feel like all those discussions are still relevant. Um, uh, so I think they all already exist. We have a lot of good ideas. I, I, I'm happy to, I'm happy to keep, I'm, I'm happy to keep following them wherever at this point. Mm-hmm. I guess my main takeaway from this is I, I, I hope they do more uh, foreign finales. I really enjoyed Macau. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Macau was really fun, and I I liked how they treated it in this episode where I we it felt like we got to see more of Macau and like actual Macau. Yeah, yeah. They, the last two episodes have been a lot inside, like kind of not generic restaurants, but like restaurants that could theoretically be almost anywhere. That's such a good point, and ha- I so I would love it if in future episodes we had more evening hangouts where the chefs just go explore the city. 
Definitely. 100% And actually, that would have been interesting in Louisville also. Like, anywhere they are, let's just have the chefs go for a walk. I'm I'm into that. Yeah. Yeah, phys- like, physical activity is probably good for their health. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but I want I like that little bit more travel show. Okay, elves, this is our one real suggestion, is that that was a great element. Keep doing it. Yes. Um, just yeah, also, be- make me that horror movie where no one dies. <laughs> <laughs> yes, all right. As we'll be working on the screenplay for the horror movie where everything turns out fine for everybody. Except the villain who feels, like, kind of bad about himself. But, but he doesn't have to go to jail because he did nothing wrong. Attempted, oh. like you know, like like many many attempt, like you know, like a hundred counts of attempted murder, but there's no successes. <laughs> okay, Sarah wants me to keep on moving. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, we should let everybody go. Uh, Chef Jim, do you have any any final uh, thoughts reminiscing on our on our time this season? I thought it was been great, and uh, even though I was only on the show for like three minutes, it was a uh, it was it was I had a good time doing it, and meeting all these people has been great. And I really appreciate y'all having me back on the podcast. I it's... love talking about Top Chef so wonderful to talk to you especially we got so many expert questions that we got to ask instead of just uh us speculating or googling really quick um i guess the takeaway for you is are you going to answer their phone call again yeah and top chef knows i will always answer their phone call i would love to be on again uh if there's ever an all-stars if i didn't blow it with this this showing i would love to be on one and we have to, actually we did talk about that earlier in the season but it seems like we're getting um we're, we're overdue for an actual all-stars season mm-hmm. we're also late enough in the show now you could do a hunger game style winners comeback season um which i don't Yikes. know which Ooh, sound, like the quarter quell <laughs> it's the quarter quell <laughs> time well no I, I believe and i didn't actually watch this but i believe project runway did this that this year was that it was all previous winners um, oh, damn. which is just a, it's a yeah that's a heady a tournament of champions style show which i would also be interested in but but for you specifically i want all stars and i want i want to uh, be able to watch chef jam on it again elves get on it <laughs> um thank you so much for joining us chef it's always such a pleasure to talk to you and thank you everybody who has listened to this season um as we say every year we probably we can't promise anything but we will if we can if our lives allow it we will be back again for season 17 um every year we have this email right before the season starts where we all agree we do not have time to do this and then we do it anyway so (laughs) i I expect a very similar outcome in the in the coming year um and i'm 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 really appreciated hanging out with everybody this year i think we had a really fun like series of audience interactions so it's that's what's made it really enjoyable for me yes yeah well, yeah thank you so much for talking to us jim you can follow jim on all the platforms at chef jim smith thanks for always hanging out with me and doing a podcast in our house megan absolutely and in northern california uh as sarah and maya <laughs> thanks guys thank you thank yeah, you so much thank you and in uh, southern california new sarah and kyle who next year will just graduate to also sarah because you Ooh, oh, wow. the, the, i can't wait <laughs> <laughs> you've earned wait. it thank uh, you thanks for having us guys it's been so, so fun it's been great it's been and so- i know uh kyle's dad loves it oh good Aww. Aww. We're an audience of mostly our parents um <laughs> and we should have more hosts <laughs> <laughs> that is That's the key to getting a lot of people to listen to the show is to have everybody on so their parents can listen um <laughs> join join us for our massive rap party where we shut down a significant portion of our living room <laughs> uh and uh sadly chris and tanya could not join us for the ending here um but just in spirit 
Sorry, it's because we we tasted their first joke, and that's and that's they they just got eliminated from there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Chris. I, I would have loved to hear all of your takes. You had a really nicely set out arc for your your four course taking menu. Um, taking menu that was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, we, really we, we got it. All right, we're gonna end on that. Looks like everybody next Great. season. That's oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> all right, bye. 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 bye.